Welcome. My name is George Mann, and I'm the writer of Newbreen Hobbs, Witchwood, and Star Wars The High Republic. This is Kevin Shinnick, writer of Star Wars Force Collector. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. To Star Wars Comics in Canon, the Force is strong with this one. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of one of my numerous podcasts. This will be on the feed of Comics in Motion, Styles, Comics in Canon, Genuine Chit Chat, and at youtube.com slash Genuine Chit Chat as well. And on YouTube, you can see the video version of this conversation. But I'm releasing this episode on all the feeds because I have got part of an episode of Styles, Comics in Canon recorded, but I didn't have it finished. I didn't want to rush through it. So it's going to be quite a long episode next week. It's going to be the Clone Wars Battle Tale. So it's going to be a perfect episode to tune into, especially if you've watched the Clone Wars or if you haven't watched Star Wars Clone Wars and you want a little bit of kind of background information before delving in without any spoilers so that's gonna be a lot of fun next week and obviously next week for genuine chit chat i've got a couple of recordings due and both of them are kind of star wars adjacent in different ways but i'll get into those once i've got those recordings down but this episode in particular is myself megan dave and math talking about star wars the phantom menace so a lot of people know my opinions on this film because i've done quite a lot of podcasts on it but it's quite fun hearing megan's opinion and also math's because math has not watched this film i think since it came out and it came out 24 years ago so quite a wide amount of time and this is essentially like a soft almost pilot kind of a lead into the clone wars conversations so obviously in 2023 myself dave and math all did rebels reviewed where we watched star wars rebels and did one episode every couple of months on each season of star wars rebels in my opinion one of the greatest pieces of star wars content in existence and because we had so much fun doing that we decided to go back to star wars the clone wars especially because math hadn't seen it so the aim is in 2024 each month we're going to release an episode it's loosely going to be an episode per season but a couple of the seasons we're going to split in two because there's going to be a lot to talk about there megan may or may not dip into certain episodes so it's just going to be a bit of fun a bit of a surprise if she appears in certain ones but obviously this is the phantom menace we talk about it for just under two hours we go across the usual stuff you know jar jar binks darth maul some of the things we think could have been improved in the film and you know i'm a staunch prequel defender so i'm normally the one defending things even though there are some clear flaws in this film and then in a couple of weeks time we're going to be recording our attack of the clones rewatch so it's going to obviously be like a sequel to this and then in december we're aiming to record an episode of the clone wars movie and i've told megan she has to be involved in that because megan absolutely hates the clone wars movie she really enjoys the series but the clone wars movie uh not so much like most people share the opinion that the clone wars movie isn't that good math has never seen it so it's gonna be a lot of fun hearing what he thinks about that and making megan rewatch that that's a part i'm very very excited for because if anyone's heard a spider-man 3 rant which you can hear on the podcast feed of comics in motion it's also my patreon and i released it as a special thing on the comics in motion feed for everyone to listen to it's just really funny she slated that film so go back to the feed of comics in motion if you aren't already there and type in spider-man 3 and it starts off with chris and dave giving a few of their opinions but then myself and megan talk about it in the middle and some of megan's rants in that are just amazing so i'm hoping for a little bit of that in the clone wars movie episode as well again that should be released in december and then starting 2024 we'll get through the rest of the clone wars but really really fun conversation this one you know it's quite a safe easy conversation pretty much everyone's seen the phantom menace by now i assume if you haven't i'm surprised you're even listening to this podcast but i hope you enjoy our thoughts on it and just a quick couple of things before we delve in in the show notes so there's gonna be more information on math dave and megan obviously i did the ahsoka weekly watch episodes where myself and a different guest each week spoke about ahsoka and there's a variety of different opinions on there some very positive some quite negative and it's just a really good way to kind of get a general understanding of what people's perceptions of the ahsoka series was you can listen to that on the feed of comics in motion or you can watch the youtube videos on that at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat as usual please subscribe please like the video please do all those usual things there's playlists for my star wars conversation 
conversations, including a lot of my interviews. Obviously, as my show, Styles Comics and Canon, never have to have read a Styles comic in your life to enjoy that, so please check that out. I also recently appeared on Back to the Filmography to talk about Nomeo and Juliet, and myself and Megan were recently on Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars for the Day of the Dead special to talk about Coco and Book of Life. So I've been doing a lot of fun guest spots recently. All the details are in the description as well as where you can find me on Genuine Chit Chat, that sort of thing. Follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, X or Facebook just to keep up to date on everything I'm doing. And if you want to hear more from myself and Megan reviewing movies and things, please consider going to patreon.com slash Genuine Chit Chat for as little as £1 a month where you get immediate access to over 190 episodes of Afterthoughts, including myself and Megan reviewing every single episode of Star Wars, as in all the main 11 movies. We've also been doing spooky seasons, so this year we watched every Nightmare on Elm Street film apart from Freddy vs. Jason. Last year we did all the Scream films, and the year before that I think we did the majority of the Halloween movies, excluding well, four to six, and then also the Rob Zombie ones. So we like to do stuff in spooky season, but across the year we watch a lot of other stuff, so if you want to support the show, you want to hear more from Megan, and you want to just get hours and hours and hours of bonus content, please consider going to patreon.com slash genuinechitchat. But I've waffled on enough here at the start, friends. Thank you so much for listening. And so without further ado, I give you thoughts on Star Wars A Phantom Menace 24 years after release. <laughs> Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. It does have that sort of feel to it, doesn't it? When people put the fake backgrounds on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> friends, mine is not fake. This is this is real. These are real props, friends. Real things. I do my parents' evenings in here sometimes because they're still virtual and I've had kids bring me Star Wars objects whilst I'm doing parents' <laughs> evening. That and they're cool. like, Miss, you've got so much Star Wars in the background. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I do. <laughs> Indeed. And apologies to all the listeners and uh, viewers out there because uh, myself and Megan are getting over colds. So I look disheveled in the video. Megan looks radiant as always. Um, but as you can hear in my voice, uh, I'm getting over the cold and I've had the nice coffee part recently. So it's all all good fun, but don't want to miss out talking about Star Wars. Uh, and we are here doing sort of a, pre- a prequel, as it were, to The Clone Wars Conversations, which is the new show that's going to be coming out in 2024 from the three of us. Megan may or may not make an appearance, uh, myself, Dave and Math. And we're continuing with the same theme as we did with Star Wars Rebels Reviewed. And we're doing it with Clone Wars, um, except we're going to split a couple of the seasons. um, So it's probably going to be an episode a month or so. That's the goal. But before we get there, there's two live action movies. And there's also an animated movie, which we are desperately hoping that Megan is going to rewatch and do with us because yes. she hates that film. It's all about stinky. Yeah, yeah. Which Math knows almost nothing about that. No. Um, so it's very exciting times um, just to get Megan to watch that. Fucking but before shocking. we get there, we've got two films to watch. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. So we're doing some podcasts, um, build up kind of the end of 2023 as we finished with Ahsoka now, and delve into the prequel era. My favourite era of Star Wars, apart from probably the High Republic, but we'll see about the Acolyte. Um, but I adore it. Um, I'm a prequel baby, um, so I was born, and I grew up knowing that there were prequels. When I got into Star Wars, Phantom Menace was already out. So my perception of Star Wars has never been without the prequels, and I think Megan is in a similar boat here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, I know for a fact that's not the case for you. <laughs> and you and I have very different relationships with the prequels. So, um, And then Math, I don't even... I haven't even asked you. So um, 
What we want to do is, yeah, just chat about the movie, dart a little bit back and forth. It's not going to be quite as concise as Rebels Reviewed has been, because I have no notes. <laughs> so I'm going to be guiding this blind. Um, but delving straight in, let's ask each of us um, what your kind of first impressions were of Phantom Menace and the memory. So, Megan, if you want to go first, because you're... Before you met me, you thought of Darth Maul with Star Wars, didn't you? That was kind of... I didn't think of Darth Maul. Well, you thought of the I logo. thought of the pod racing. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, tell us about Phantom Menace. I like... don't care for Darth Maul in this film because How he's on you? screen for like two seconds. Four minutes, but yeah. Four minutes is not like, come on. <laughs> Boba Fett was around the same screen time and he became legend until uh, the series. But Megan, Phantom Menace. So do you remember first seeing it? Like, What's your relationship with the movie? I don't remember first seeing it. I, I know that it was always there because my brother used to watch it. Um, and I remember him having the computer game, which was the pod racing. Mm. Um, it was like a racing game. I remember him having that. Um, and I also remember my brother and his friends going to see Attack of the... I know that this isn't Attack of the Clones, but the, I remember them going to the cinema to see Attack of the Clones. And then the next thing I knew, they all bought lightsabers and were like playing out the front of our house with lightsabers. And I was like, what a loser. I mean, I had but, two of <laughs> lightsabers that I used to do But I never watched it. I, 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 I liked Jar Jar Binks growing up. But again, I am the the generation that this was kind of aimed at. We were five. At. We like, were five when this came out. So yeah. <laughs> just know, to put an age on that. Long story short, no, I don't remember watching Star Wars for the first time, but before I met you, this was the film that I associated with being Star Wars. Like if I thought of Star Wars, I thought of the pod racing. I thought of Jar Jar Binks. Um I don't as I said, I don't really think of Maul because he's he's barely in it. He's in a lot of the marketing for it, I think, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, now obviously when I think of Star Wars, I don't necessarily just think of the Phantom Menace. But yeah, and you did mention a key character there, which we will get on to, friends. There's Lisa Jar Jar Binks. There's going to be a whole part. With, there's lots of theories, crazy stuff going on with the that. The best before, character. Before we get there, uh, let's ask. Uh, uh, this is always has like a backhanded compliment. Our veteran <laughs> Dave, <laughs> what's your relationship uh, with Phantom Menace? Well. I want to take you back. So to 99, I was 23 in the summer of 99. So I'd gone through my whole childhood absolutely loving Star Wars. I would say it is my favorite franchise. I'm sure I've said it before, but you know, more so than Marvel, DC, any other franchise, Star Wars is, is that first love. And when it became rumor that this film might come out, you know, I was so excited. And then you get to, it's not like the internet now where you basically hear every single rumor, you know, you're still back in sort of magazines and hearsay and whatever. But honestly, by the time I got to go to watch this at the cinema, I was so excited. I was just ready to burst, you know, because I never thought I would see another Star Wars movie after Return of the Jedi. The closest you got with the Ewok movies, or the, so, which is not yeah, the same I thing. Don't, I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't acknowledge those as being real Star Wars movies. But that original trilogy was just amazing. And being in the cinema and you get that familiar kind of you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then you get that note that you know in the the star wars yellow writing and then it fades through and you're like oh my god have you seen that um that uh there's a gif where like there's a family celebrating a birthday or something and there's a little girl and she just picks up the punch bowl and throws it on the floor she's like yeah have you seen that yeah no? i have seen that <laughs> that was me i was like God, I'm so excited. I can't believe it. 
And then we get an opening crawl, which is like the 10 o'clock news. So I've got it here, like, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Ding! The taxation of trade routes to the outlying star system is in dispute. Ding! Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. And straight away, I'm like, my, my fucking excitement just goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm still excited, still excited. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, convincing myself at the end of it, yeah, yeah. I like that. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but yeah, yeah, I like that. And then the further away I got from it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I did like that. <laughs> and then I'm like, actually, I was a bit shit, really. <laughs> I went, all right. It was like a, a CGI demo at the time, you know, And but the story was fragmented. It, it was just a bit of nonsense. And, I'm sure we'll get onto more, but the flip-flopping it does between some very serious sort of topics, some real thought-provoking stuff with manipulation and uh, playing people off against each other and politics and this sort of stuff. And then I know he takes the brunt a bit of it, but like fucking Jar Jar Binks, honestly, on this rewatch, uh, uh, he re-irritated me all over again. <laughs> so he but irritated me time, less on this rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> always, always more with me. Every rewatch, Jar Jar's more annoying, and the rest of the film gets better. Well, and and Jar Jar takes the brunt, but actually, it's all of of was it the Gungans or his his people? Because it's the the main bike guy played by Brian well, Blessed. Boss Nass, you know, says it, you know, <laughs> and you're like. What the fuck is this? I suddenly transported to Sesame Street. It's just <laughs> bonkers. So, so yeah. And then obviously I was going to watch Attack of the Clones, and I'm like, yeah, surely this will be better. And at the time at the cinema, I thought, yeah, yeah it was better. And then again, I have that like watcher's remorse after. I'm like, don't anyone dare say something horrible it, about it. Was not Attack good. You know? How shit, dare man. you? I'm a I'm an Attack of the Clones <laughs> stan. I will defend that movie, even though people think it's the worst in the trilogy. I will defend it. It's bloody awful. In the next well, podcast. Well, in the next podcast. But um, And then, yeah, we get to Revenge of the Sith. But actually, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of checked out by then. But it was only years later that I've gone back and, and kind of rediscovered, actually, you know what? That, that's not bad at all. But this first one, yeah, it, it was a real roller coaster for me. And, and like I say, I, I kind of I keep getting far enough away from it where I think, you, you remember the good bits, like, you know, Duel of the Fates, the, the fight with Obi-Wan, the, the, like, the lore that it kind of lays down, and you think, oh, yeah, it's not too bad. And, and then I watch it again, you know, and, and I love Star Wars, right? But, but I kind of, I guess I love hate it as well. You know, it, I think it could be so much better than what it actually is. And so I, I, I'll, I'll shut up now because you only asked me what what my first time watching it was like. <laughs> but I'll I'll, 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 um, I'll get to the other stuff because I actually watched the documentary as well. I don't know if you've watched no. that. that. That's quite interesting. So I, I'll keep my powder dry and I'll let you get to math. <laughs> I will. I will say it as well. Funnily enough, with Star Wars, I loved it. But when I watched Revenge of the Sith for the first time in the cinema, I didn't enjoy it. 
And it took right, until I rewatched right. it about a year and a half later on DVD um, that I was like, actually, I really like that. And then I watched it again, mm. again, 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 and again obsessively for a long time. And here we are. <laughs> for the rest I've of his life. Essentially, yeah. quite, quite oranged myself with Star Wars until I like it. Yeah. Math, we haven't heard your story. I've never even asked you because I'm a rude bastard. What is your relationship <laughs> with Phantom Menace? Um, I'd have been 21 when this came out. I remember going to the cinema as well, going to watch it with some friends. And same as Dave, you sit there and you're like, you know, that music starts and you're like, oh, yes. All of them, you know, as stand up on the back of your arms and it's like, brilliant, this is going. And I suppose how Dave described it is a bit like, you know, it's the 10 o'clock news. And like, so this is all because they stopped trade. And this is where it all started. It's just tax, tax math, tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, which, <laughs> Nothing more exciting than tax you know, politics. <laughs> and that, it, going back and watching it again. Now, maybe this is because of um, people have said about like Darth Vinkers and stuff like that. Megan's favorite theory. I bloody love Darth Vinkers. Now, this is going to be a bit of a dodgy thing that I'm going to say, but I actually liked Jar Jar. I didn't when I first watched, when I first saw it in the cinema, what went away from it, and it was like, Jewel of really kind of built the film up and made you forget about all the rest of the stuff, other than the fact that you knew Jar Jar was just such an annoying bastard. Watching it again, I actually quite, I don't think it was as annoying and then you're watching little things that he kind of does to make me see. It's like when him and uh, Qui-Gon kind of bump into each other. And it's like he positions himself in front so that he does get taken down. And it's the same as when he throws the um, like the energy balls and stuff like that. You start looking and thinking, hmm, maybe he's actually, maybe he's a Jedi, you know. I will stand with that. I actually starting to think that maybe there is something more to Jar Jar, and I actually quite enjoyed him. I didn't find him as annoying as what I remember him being as. Well, there's still time because with this prequel to the Clone Wars rewatch, nah, there's a, he's there's a more Sith Jar Jar, and it's up to you to figure out if he's more annoying. He's a bloody um, Sith Lord. But we will get into that theory in a moment. But I want to ask Math: Have you obviously when you watched Phantom Menace first time in the cinema, have you watched it much since then? I think Dave masochistically makes himself rewatch it every so often. I, I don't think I did. I think, I think when we came away, I mean, back then we didn't really have the luxury of YouTube. So, um, I think we, I did have it on DVD. Okay. I had the box set on, in fact, no, I had it on VHS. Mm. I had the box set. Um, and I remember I used to go back and watch Jewel of the Fates but I think I skipped the rest of it <laughs> because that, I mean that now we will get into that later on because there is certain things I want to kind of go into with that. But I, again, that highlighted the the film that kind of elevated everything. Pod racing is fine. I quite enjoyed that. I played the games, things like that. that but to be fair, how it started was completely different to what I remember. I forgot that, it, it's all the kind of the, the background stuff and with the Queen and all the politics side. And we do actually meet Anakin till much further down into the film. Um, so, again, re-watching it, I've, I've actually I've enjoyed it a lot more than what I gave it credit to. So, you know, it's won me over a bit. I, I, I will go back and watch this again with George. I'm going to tell you that... Um, 
I was going to put it on with Josh the other day, and he told me that no, he didn't want to watch the Star Wars rubbish. So <laughs> you, know, like, you have to Whoa. wind back a bit and wait. Yeah, and it's slowly... like uh, I think because we've been watching a fair little bit, it's like no, I've had enough now. Yeah, go back to Bluey, Young Jedi Adventures, back and stuff, to Bluey. Yeah. Back yeah, we've move. been watching, which you do enjoy him, but yeah, I think he's been overloaded with Star Wars, so we've just had to kind of tone it down a bit. But I think I think Clone he's Wars Jar Jar. movie, <laughs> Clone, Clone Wars, Wars movie, movie is yeah. the jumping on point. That yeah, put him off all content. He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's only George? three. Like it, I think he would it like it. Be. That's probably the target audience. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I've gone back and rewatched it because. All the negative that I had about it has kind of gone. There is there is, there is issues with the, with the film mm-hmm. and that, but any film that you watch, there's always issues with. But I'm glad I've gone back and watched it because I've enjoyed it a lot more. And I think also seeing how Star Wars has evolved and with like the Ahsoka and things like that, there's Easter eggs in there, and it's like um, I'll just the bit with Obi Wan and Qui Gon when they come onto the ship and things like that. Balan and Hattie do the same thing in Ahsoka. And that, you know, the two Jedi's coming onto a ship. And there's a lot of similarities which I didn't pick up when I watched Ahsoka because I couldn't remember, you know, that. And I wish, I wish I'd watched this before Ahsoka now. Because, well, you know, there, there are a lot of little Easter eggs there. You can, all, well, after you've re- watched The Clone Wars, I would encourage you to then rewatch Ahsoka because there's right. a lot of. Think, basically, rewatch Clone mm. Wars, then rewatch the finale of series two of Ahsoka, then rewatch the last like three, five episodes of Rebels, and then watch Ahsoka. And then that'll be like a train. That'll be right. good. The year is 2026. And <laughs> Matt has finally got caught up on his watch list. I mean, when you say Clone Wars, the movie, the seven seasons of Clone Wars, then it's gonna take all know, year. everything else. Yeah. It's going to take the whole year of 2024 to do it. Um, and in, yeah. amidst that, there's going to be also other watches of certain things like Skeleton Crew, I think, and you know, maybe a- even Acolyte. Series 2. Acolyte was meant to be next year, but I don't know if it's been delayed because of the writer's strikes right. and things. But Phantom Menace. So we've all kind of touched on it a little bit. We've dipped our toes in a smidge. Um, so I want to, I think we need to get the elephant out of the room, out of the way. Um, and he's actually going to stay in our room, uh, because we actually have, as video watchers can see, a nice little head of Jar Jar that my friend, Alex got me. It's bloody massive. It is. There's nowhere else to put it, but it's it's in here all times, all seeing. And I'll say with the prequel trilogy, although I think the original trilogy is a more is a more well rounded film trilogy. It's a better film trilogy. As far as Star Wars content goes, I prefer the prequels. I think the amount of lore that I get from the prequels is incredible and massive. And the amount of content that's come out of prequel era the prequels, the amount of content that's come out around it and since then has been invaluable to the lore of Star Wars. So that's one of the reasons I love it. However, Phantom Menace is my least favourite of this trilogy. So, Jar Jar. Jar Jar Binks. Now, I'll give the we'll give the torch to Math first, and then we'll hear Math what he thinks about Jar Jar a little bit, and we'll delve a little bit into Darth Binkus, because that's Megan's jam. And then we'll get to Dave because he's gonna he's gonna want to kill the little Gungan. So Math, obviously we can dip in and out. There's not strictly Gungan. no one talking, but like uh, Math, um, Jar Jar, you want to mention Jar Jar? So you actually liked him more in this, and you yeah. remembered him being annoying and things. So do you th- watching it now? Do you think he's like an actual valuable character, or do you think he's just made there for the kids? Like, what's your opinion on Jar Jar? I think he's valuable because without him, 
Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon wouldn't have gone down to see the Gundams. They wouldn't have had the, you know, the ship to get to the palace and all the rest of it. So he's kind of important to the plot. Um, now, the the life debt, has that come up again in, uh, before in Star Wars? Is someone else? Yeah, Chewie has a life debt Chewie, to harm. Yeah. yeah. So, because I would say when, when they kind of said about the life debt, um, I kind of thought, I'm sure, I, I was thinking it was true, but I wasn't quite sure. Obviously, they've become friends, and that's why they've stuck together. But still, it it was an in- interesting way to kind of bring it all around. And yes, I think Lucas kind of thought, because when you're watching it, it feels like everyone's turned the contrast and the colours up as well. The, the colour is really vibrant everywhere. Um, he has aims at kids. And Jar Jar is for the kids, and that. But like I said, not as annoying as what I thought. I, his voice is a piece of people the other day. Yeah, <laughs> you, you do kind of have that, and it is a bit frustrating at times. But I don't think he was as much in your face as what I remember him being. Um, but again, watching through, you're watching for little things that he does. And that's the point where you can start adding that dark thing because is is he doing a bit more, you know? Because um, Darth Maul is he is he a Sith at this point? Is he actually the Sith? Yeah, he's yeah. the Sith apprentice. Yeah, there's is a Sith Lord Master and a Sith Lord Apprentice. For example, in the right. original trilogy, Vader is still an apprentice because his master is Palpatine, even though he is a fully fledged Sith Lord. So yeah. Right. Because I just wondered whether maybe Jar Jar was behind the, you know, because, I mean, his eyes are also a little bit like Anakin's in, in the third one as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Jar Jar was there just to kind of start it off. <laughs> and then he brought in the big guns of, you know, Darth Maul afterwards. Well, you've touched upon Binkus. So, Megan, do you want to take the stage and talk a little bit about Darth Binkus? You make it sound like I know loads about him. I don't. I just think the well, concept, I think the concept of Darth Binkus what, what is, is so it? fucking cool. It's that it's essentially Jar Jar is just a character and there is like a, a secret Sith Lord behind the stupidity of what kind is like Jar Jar. Yoda means. in Empire Strikes Back when he first meets Luke. That kind of silliness yeah. to kind of veil. Because like, I'm allowed to say what happens in the next movies, aren't I? Yeah, we're going to spoil the prequels. Okay. We're not going to spoil <laughs> the Clone Wars, but we're going to spoil the prequels. Yeah. So like, obviously, in the second film, Jar Jar's the one that gives ultimate power to the Senate, so he gives Palpatine all of the power. So there's a theory that he's just pretending to be an idiot so that he can get into power so that he can ultimately give Palpatine the step that he needs to become Emperor. And this didn't... And it's so fucking cool. It's such a stupid but cool idea. And this didn't actually come from nowhere either. That's the weirdest thing, is when you look into it, Ahmed Best, who plays Jar Jar and also played uh, Keller and Beck in uh, Mando Series 3, um, he, he has said um, on record that there was a lot more for Jar Jar to do in Attack of the Clones originally, and then George, you know, he amended Jar Jar's impact in the story and changed things around. Well, in Attack of the Clones, you've got Count Dooku, so that could have, in theory, been what Jar Jar was going to kind of become, because Dooku kind of came out of nowhere. And it's like, imagine that, that'd have been a very different kind of film. But there's been people involved in Star Wars, and they've said, they've not explicitly said, yes, Jar Jar was a Sith Lord. Darth but Binkus. People have all said, yeah, Jar Jar had a bit more to him. There was more stuff going on. 
Uh, and whether or not it was just very early drafts or George Lucas kind of said it when he was making uh, Phantom Menace, because he changed his mind a lot. Anyone who says the Star Wars original Star Wars film... I mean, he changed his Hope, mind after the films came out. Yes, he did. <laughs> and he goes back and edits them. So it's like he is he always changing his mind. Um, some of the concept art you'll see as well has got that. But that's why I would have mentioned about Darth Binkus, because it's not just a theory, there's actually more depth. And there. it was when, <laughs> when Mike and I went to Star Wars Celebration... Which was... In April. I was going to say how good it was. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, but it, it was also in April. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I meant it also because you had more fun than you thought. That's yeah, I, I did have say. more fun. And this is part of the reason. So the, the night before, so we were at Star Wars Celebration for the full four days. And the night before the first day, we went for dinner at my brother's house because he lives in London. And um, my brother was like, oh, are you excited to see people like cosplay dress up and i was like yeah buzzing excited and then as a joke i was like i want to see darth binkus like as a full-on joke and then i kind of was it the second or the third day it wasn't the last one no it was the second to last day yeah yeah, so the penultimate day we're just walking through the xl center and then in the corner of my eye i see someone dressed up as darth binkus i audibly gasped loud enough for the guy next to me to like shit himself (laughs) he was just like oh my god and i was like it's darth binkus i was like so excited i ran over i was so excited yeah the only other character that i wanted to see equally was kit fisto i didn't see kit fisto but we did see someone dressed up at the same as the same species which is a north nautilan yes (laughs) (laughs) so when me and megan watched young jedi adventures on the odd occasion we watched young Young jedi adventures and then because it's obviously a kid's show and it's the story is pretty thin but it's got high republic connections we're like oh what what characters what species and i'll point what species is that mike tests me on star wars a lot i do sometimes even i don't know but we haven't got to dave your opinion on Jar Jar is very different. So Jar Jar Binks, A, the Binkus theory is fun. Um, tell us about that. And also, oh, Megan's got the photo there. Um, nice. I, th- I think I've seen it, actually. I think Darth you posted Binkus. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Dave, your thoughts on Jar Jar and the Darth Binkus theory? So I, I do like the theory because as human beings, we have this great capacity to try and rationalize things and we come up with these theories because it ultimately doesn't make sense. But for me, the the theory is off. We're trying to retrofit something. The documentary that I mentioned, you you can tell from George Lucas's perspective, he thought Darth... uh, Not Darth Binkers. We got him! We got him! He thought Jar Jar Binks. Good. Uh, He thought Jar Jar Binks was going to be the star of the show. He thought he is down with the kids. He knows what the kids like, and uh, everyone's going to love Jar Jar. So if you think about it, I get the thing about like Dooku sprung up from nowhere. So could that have been Darth Binkus? I don't think so, because had Jar Jar made that massive switch, then that, that would have been Luke's perfect tonic to say, you know, F you to everyone. Look. You you thought he was being this daft little throwaway character, bit of comedy relief? No, actually, he's a Sith Lord. I, I just think he he couldn't ignore the fact how badly Jar Jar Binks went down. And, and again, the thing is, because I because I don't watch it necessarily every six months or everything. Like my hatred of the character 
like tapers off and i kind of forget and i'm like jar jar yeah he's okay and when i see him on clone wars and stuff he's all right he's done in small doses mm-hmm. and even the rest of the prequels you know he's done in a very small dose way but i think with this one he's so front and center and and actually even his introduction i feel like the editing is really bad because they they're suddenly there it, out, out of nowhere and he's he's bumped into Jar Jar and it, just the editing is so choppy it's, it's very weird and he's straight there with his fucking excuse me and it, it's <laughs> oh, you know and it's just the, the contrast of you know this you're talking about blockades of trade routes and tax disputes and stuff you know real like adult sort of stuff and then you swing to the other end of the pendulum and like say you you're at the level of sesame street it is and it's not just jar jar it's the whole gungan race they they kind of speak in this this way and it's all very kind of juvenile and and it just jars with me jar jar Uh, jars with you it jar jars with me. <laughs> so yeah, I I rediscover how much I dislike uh, him and that whole kind of arc and stuff. And you do go through, and it's almost like a Laurel and Hardy, especially with the the like uh, energy ball or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's a, I can see how people are retrofitting it. It's like, oh, he couldn't just do that by mistake, <laughs> you know? He couldn't be so clumsy, but always come out on top, but. You know, like I say, people like Laurel and Hardy, comedy slapstick has been around for a long time. And like I say, when you see the the documentary, you can see that Lucas loved this character. He thought he was going to be so popular. Um, but even on the screenings, you know, bearing in mind, they, they've got deadlines to hit. So if, if, you know, the release date is this, they have to release it. And even on the the pre-screenings, I, I think you can see in Lucas's face, he's like, he's got the doubts. He's like, you know, I've put too much in this. <laughs> and so that, that's, you know, getting away from Jar Jar a bit. But I think the, the whole movie is quite choppy and, and fragmented. Whereas, you know, again, getting back to that original trilogy, the movies are all super simple. The concepts are simple. And, you know, this one just veers off from that and tries to do too much, I think. Mm-hmm. Which are fair points. Do, do you think it would have been a better film without Jar Jar in it? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Fucking hate him. So how would you have linked that bit there with the Jedi coming to then get into Would you have <laughs> completely skipped out all the Gungan race? You could still have Gungans. But they don't have to be slapstick comedy, like in Sesame Street characters. You know, you can still have the same kind of interactions. For me, it's the dialogue. Mm. You know, it's it's the you know uh, you know what's funny? Oh, fucking Jar Jar stepping in poop. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like such or a juvenile a edge. Yeah, mm. it's such a juvenile edge to it. You could absolutely have this alien species that ends up helping the Jedi. You know, I mean, they're, they're kind of like Ewoks, aren't they? You know, that, that's kind of what it is. You know, in, in Return of the Jedi, they kind of stumbled across this editing cadence where they could go from different scenes. You know, they could still tell that overarching story, but they could go to this 
battle, which is a proper, you know, left versus right kind of situation at armies. And then you've got other scenes where you've got individual battles going on. You know, they stumbled, well, I don't know if they stumbled across it, but they discovered that in Return of the Jedi. And I feel like they were trying to recreate not only that, but, you know, with, um, with Anakin, they were recreating that first Star Wars when Luke you know, takes down the Death Star and obviously Anakin takes down the, the battle droid control ship. So, you know, they, they were kind of borrowing from the lore, if you like. But yeah, they, they could still have the Gungans there, but it's the, the tonal shift to that juvenile state that, that is the thing that I, I need to find a different way of saying Jars with me, but <laughs> pisses me off is what it does. I would say with Jar Jar is uh, whenever I watch the film, I think that if they just had the way that Tarful kind of acts, um, sorry, Tarpals, um, which is the the other Gungan that talks to Jar Jar and is kind of with him in the battle. Mm-hmm. If it had just been more like that, if Jar Jar exactly. had just had a lower yep. pitched voice, not as squeaky, and then you got rid of, as you say, the fart joke, the stepping in poop joke. The and like then weird tongue thing at the dinner the, the table. The two things. And he just, he's so insufferable where he's not cute and fun and he's not nice. He's actually... A piece of shit um and like he's very selfish and very rude and qui-gon is constantly having to keep him in line and you know he's used as a plot device because he you know he puts that that street vendor on tatooine says oh, it costs whatever wapini and he puts his tongue out to just uh, eat this thing yeah and then just spits it back out and it hits Sebulba and Sebulba's going after him I'm like fair play to Sebulba I mean if some guy's literally just Beat the stolen something <laughs> yeah stolen something from that street vendor and then thrown it at you it's like that not saying you know capital punishment Judge Dredd style but like that's not that's not cool and then Jar Jar at the dinner table doing the tongue thing and Qui-Gon says that's enough stop it and he does it again he holds his tongue that is enough stop it and it's these little things over and over again that I think the but, Phantom but- Menace goes in a certain way and then just every depending on the scene, one to five minutes, you've got this jarring moment, jar-jarring moment, <laughs> where him or a Gungan is, you know, the boss Nass is doing the thing, or you've got Jar Jar just doing something irritating. And you just can't watch... The, the time in the film that you can watch it with the least amount of irritation is near the end, because there's bigger gaps, and he's just doing war things in a silly way. But that's that's my issue with Jar Jar in particular. But also they're like, oh, you've done this one thing that you didn't even do, become a general. I'm like, he doesn't fucking deserve to be a general. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not trained in warfare. <laughs> All these other Gungans are like, I've got fucking 10 years of service here. Yeah, I've got, I've got 20 badges. The other top captain. He was Captain Tulls, Tarples. I need to look up his name. Sorry. He, uh, he uh, goes for the Jedi to rescue the Queen. So that's quite a big thing. Now, fair enough, they don't know exactly how he does that, but he comes back with the Jedi and this army, you know, and. So, in a way, they've seen him do this great feat. So, they're kind of giving him credit for it by making him a general, you know, which kind of works. <laughs> a Captain Tarples. My, my thing with him is that he doesn't actually... He, he is useful to the plot, but only because it's situational. It's always mm. just happens to be in the right place at the right time. It kind of makes... Me, like, he doesn't actually really do anything himself. It's all... Like, even when he destroys some of those machines with those orbs, it's because he trips over something and he's hanging onto the back of a vehicle. Oh, yeah, he's hanging onto the back of the thing and then it releases them all. He makes me think of Ash Ash Ketchum from Pokemon Pokemon. because he wins all those badges but never actually does it himself. 
Yeah, he like he does like <laughs> his friends will do it for him. Yeah, or he has certain situations where he would just be like, "You can't beat me in this battle, which is how you win the badge, but you've helped me fix a light." <laughs> yeah. Here you go. And it's like you're terrible. Yeah, like he there's doesn't a mystical know. force around him to you know make him be Mind in the right him. place at the right time. Yeah, to, be- to and bend <laughs> the will of it's others. It's called the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so it will lean off Jar Jar. I do like Mass defense of Jar Jar, uh, and I, I will say I don't think he deserves the hate he gets. Fair, he I didn't. I didn't annoying. hate him as much as I did the last time I watched it. This time I was like, yeah, you're a bit annoying, but I've seen worse things. Yeah, I remember him being more annoying more frequently, but yeah. it is just this constant reminder that he's there. Mm. Um, but we move on to some more lighter things. Uh, trade disputes. Uh, <laughs> um, I On this watch... It's like Brexit, isn't it? Brexit of Naboo. <laughs> it is Naboo. It's basically... Yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally like, it's like, hey, you need to pay this trade money. Um, no, the rates are ridiculous. Well, we're going to stop you trading. And it's like, that's basically the plot. And it's like... There's then we're going to kidnap illegal... you and force you to sign a treaty. Yeah, we're going to basically block your planet with some, from getting supplies and then force you to do what we want you to do. And it's like, that as a that doesn't have to be complicated. But then they had to wrap it in all this complicated stuff, which doesn't help. It took with me, a, with I think, a racist five... accent at that. Yeah, um, we're not going to delve into all that sort of stuff. We're going to stick to the, the lighter, easier things to talk about. But I do, I do notice that. Um, but I will say with, um, with the Star Wars, uh, with Phantom Menace... The problem is, as kind of Dave alluded to, there are parts which are really silly and young, and there are other parts which are really heavy. And they should have just gone in one direction or the other, and it would have made more sense. And the trade dispute thing, I think it took me about five watches. Granted, to say I was probably around ten, I think, when I remember fully going to watch Star Wars and stuff. It took me until I was like a, a teenager to actually genuinely understand what the hell they were talking about, what a trade, what a federation of trade is. What a taxation is. How a blockade works. Not just you've got ships in the way. Like what that does to the people, the food, everything else and supplies. I think this was the first time I actually understood really what the yeah, Trade like Federation your, was. And it's probably your fifth watch, isn't it? So it's, Yeah. So it's, well, it's one more, of those. Probably more than that, to be fair. It but. takes a, The prequels take a long time to understand a lot of what's going on. There's just so many threads. It's very political. But there's not enough. And people say that the original trilogy is political, and I agree. But you've basically got that one scene where Tarkin's talking around people. But the reason for that is not necessarily to talk about the Senate being dismantled. It's more so to show Vader's power, but also he's not in control of everything. There's people above him. There's like a layer there. That's the point of that scene. With the trade dispute scenes, it's just trying to point out Trade Federation bad, <laughs> Queen good. But, but for five minutes. Again, on, there's that, I mentioned it in Bevels. It's a giant planet. Mm-hmm. And there's what? What were probably about 10, 20 ships there? Mm-hmm. Just, just in this line. Just go around the other side of the planet and go that way. We, or up it, or down? It, yeah, up or down. There, there's so much. It, it frustrates me that they do this all the time, where they kind of, they, you know, we're going to blockade off this little section here of the planet where you could just escape anywhere else. I've you never know, thought it, of that. It, it, it's like just you know. I, I'm sure there's, you know, there's probably some people coming in the back door, bringing stuff in, and uh, you know that's how they're kind of doing the illegal side of it. But it just frustrates me. And it's silly the fact that it, it's all just because they're just, you know, they don't want to pay the tax, so they're going to stop it off, and this kind of kickstarts everything. Um, but what also annoyed me, you've got two Jedi's now. Jedi's are meant to be quite noticeable of things out there how do they not notice that the queen kept changing i think they do 
I think well, the point is they do, um, because Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan give each other a look when it's revealed to the audience. But if you see, because Megan asked me a similar question. This is the first time I'd noticed that they changed character so much, but they also did that for the audience to be like, trickcha kind of thing. Because the, the bit where they say that um, he wants a handmaiden to go with him, mm-hmm. and he's like, now... There are some interactions there where it's like, you know, well, the queen queen doesn't have to know and things like that. And it's said a bit tongue-in-cheek, like, as if he does know. But you're never really entirely sure whether he does or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but everyone else around just never seems to notice that the queen keeps changing. And, I mean, and like, they're all in. All the Naboo people in, are in on it. Yeah, the they're handmaidens them. and yeah. Korsh Panaka, the um, the leader of the security. They they all know what's going on because Padme. Again, this isn't explained in the film. Uh, Padme <laughs> why, has. Why would it be? Why would it be? It has. She has a group of handmaidens, and all of There's them a comic can. Well, there are comics. The Darth Vader twenty twenty comics delve into it a lot. She has, and the books, the Queen's Hope. Um, trilogy by ek johnston it all delves into the training of the handmaidens what they have to do why they do it um again having three books and then comic series to explain it you know when it should just be a line in the film they're basically just people around her that have they're actually kind of like secret agents almost they mm. they are taught in hand-to-hand combat all kinds of different things but it's all about protecting the queen um and so when they keep swapping out if you notice when you watch it again you'll notice because kira knightley in every public appearance of her excluding at the Senate when she was standing in front of everyone and being a representative. All the public meetings in front of the Gungans and certain parts of Naboo was always Kira Knightley. Whereas all the other times, it was Padme only when she was in her um, in the ship, talking to the Jedi in private, leaving the planet. Like, all those situations were enclosed, but they swap whenever it was a chance of her being in danger because she was getting assassinated. And I think Qui-Gon's dialogue to her is... It is a little bit ambiguous, I do give you that, but I feel like Qui-Gon would know because they do they do look a little bit different. And also Padme, before she was queen, people would know her name as Padme. So if you mm. know the history of Naboo, you'd be like, oh, well, you've got a Padme, you've got a handmaid also called Padme who seemingly disappears and this other handmaid called Sabe comes in and that's just a thing that happens. I'm a defender. Can I just say, though, I mean, <laughs> what a fucking useless detail. I know. <laughs> the, the fact that she's got this, you know, decoy. I, I mean, I, I just don't know. I guess to introduce Anakin, you know, and Anakin doesn't know who she is at that time, but I thought it was such a ham-fisted way to do it. It was just completely really? unnecessary. And I still think, you know, there's just too much. They needed to just – there is something – there's a nucleus of a really good movie here, and I just think it, it's it's executed in a poor way. I mean, so Math, you just mentioned there. I mean, you know, they they, they were unhappy with the uh, trade fees or whatever, and so so that's what kicked it all off. Well, it was Palpatine manipulating the Trade Federation to say he was just trying to make a power grab for the uh, Republic. Yeah, the you know, yeah. so so that was his end game. And so he manipulated these guys to say, well, actually, you know, you just set up this this uh, trade blockade and stuff, and then they'll have to bend to your will. And so so he's the puppeteer, you know, manipulating everyone. I think if you just focused on that, I, I think you could have made a really good movie. Uh, some people might have thought it was too political, but I I don't know. For me, that that's a really simple story to get your head around. But that was the same. I mean, it took me several watches 
and I think, all oh, right, that's how it all fits together. The first few times of watching it, I'm like, the fuck is this trade federation? Why do I care? Like, you know, and you know who the emperor is. I mean, you can't mistake his voice at all. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. When we, I remember watching either this one or Attack of the Clones, and I was like, I think it must have been this one. I, I can't remember. At some point, the Imperial March plays in the background. I was like, well, obviously, he's the baddie then. Yeah, and Mike was like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, that's the baddie music." Was <laughs> like, at yeah. the end of this film? Do you remember it was the 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 slow pan? was like a Sith. There's always two there are, and then just he's. The oh yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. There's always two Sith, the and then it literally pans to Palpatine. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's fucking glaringly <laughs> obvious, isn't it? No subtlety. Yeah, uh, it's it's if one of those with this film is I think the prequels, storyline, plot wise, narrative, strip it all back are the most interesting parts of Star Wars and they have and I think they had the potential to be better movies than the original trilogy I think Revenge of the Sith shows that but Revenge of the Sith if the other two were as good as Revenge of the Sith without some of the little little issues in them it could have been it would have been phenomenal you know there's elements of this film that really stand out see Jewel of Fates the pod racing there's, there's parts and there's cool elements but no and this is my biggest I always say this the biggest issue with the prequels no one reigned George, George Lucas in they were like, you did it. Single-handedly, he didn't yeah. single-handedly do it. You single-handedly did the original trilogy. Let's ignore the other two directors who did it. Let's ignore your wife who heavily edited almost everything. Let's not forget about the actors who refused to say certain lines of yours because they were too ridiculous and made no sense. Let's not forget them going on chat shows literally saying, I wouldn't say certain things George Lucas told me because I couldn't deal with saying it. People like Mark Hamill, who'd like never acted before saying that kind of thing. Let's ignore all that. His ultimate power you know pun there and let's just have you make whatever the hell you want and no one is going to tell you no and then he was like right let's do it let's do Jar Jar full force ahead and no one was there to rein him in we got Jar Jar we got I yeah. hate sand we got <laughs> well the, the biggest issues with Attack of the Clones is the Padme and Anakin stuff which we will get to but we're not quite here yet Panikin Panikin Anakin quit Panikin um <laughs> but let's focus on some of the good things because Phantom Menace a lot of people slate it um, and I want to ask Megan did you on this rewatch did you enjoy it like as yeah. a film do you enjoy how do you think it compares loosely with other sort of styles films like do you how I much you do enjoy it? i still prefer it to attack of the clones well yes i know you, you hate um, attack of the clones. but yeah i i thought it was fine i didn't didn't hate it at all do you think that this film is better or worse generally than the original trilogy or the sequels or oh i don't know they all blend into one so <laughs> many one of amazing them. journey um <laughs> i don't hmm I if think... he's holding you against your will, blink three times. My hands, my hands are here. Okay. <laughs> You've listened to Afterthoughts. You know she needs a prod every now and then just to get her actual thoughts, not like a one-word answer. Um, yeah, it's all right. I don't think it's better than the original movies. Yeah. And that's coming from me saying that, and I don't really like Empire Strikes Back that much, which people get really angry about. I get it. But nothing really happens in that film. You just like the second of all the trilogies the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Don't like the second ones of all the films. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. I don't like. You like the third the most. Last Jedi. Of... I don't like. Well, no, you like Fat Force Awakens more than Rise of Skywalker. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the only exception. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly pulled the microphone out. Um. 
Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this film. I don't think it's as good as, good as the originals. Do you think it's as bad as everyone says? No, I think it's got a bad rep. Like, I was, I was going to say this. I don't know why everyone hates on Anakin so much. I don't even, like, he's not even that annoying. <laughs> like, like he got, like, a pretty bad rep, didn't he? Oh, yeah, Well, yeah. Both, both Anakin in the first film and Anakin. <laughs> in, just Anakin <laughs> Jake, in general. Jake Lloyd's the kid, and then Hayden Christensen's um, the But, adult. yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I, did, I thought he was just a normal kid. I didn't see what everyone was making a big fuss about i thought he was all right is your biggest issue with this film the trade stuff the politics i just think it's confusing like as we've already said i i find that the demographic that they're trying to aim for is kind of confusing because they either want to aim it for the people that loved the original movies which probably would more link into politicky stuff or you aim it at a new generation which is i think what they were trying to do with jar jar but i think the like the actual clear demographic that this film is for is very confusing. And I think that's why it's now getting a big hype up again is because I don't, I don't know, I guess the, the generation that it originally, I guess came out for have gotten older. I don't really get it. Yeah, but so uh, it's the millennials. Yeah. We're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've, this is all right. Okay. It's fine. Well, Dave, if I go to you next, Didn't hate it. with you with this whole, the, this whole film, like your kind of your thoughts of it as a whole, as a Star Wars film, and certain bits being good and bad. Do you think it's? Mm-hmm. Did you actually enjoy the film this time around? Like, what are your kind of thoughts on that? So, I, I think I'm going to borrow this analogy. I, I think it was you who I might have heard this from, but I mean, for me, it's like pizza. I I can have an average pizza, and it's still pizza, so I'm still going to enjoy it. <laughs> So even though I've got problems with this film and, and, you know, as parents would say to you, you know, it's not that I'm angry, it's just I'm disappointed in you. You know, I think it could have been so much more. And I think, as I mentioned before, there's a nucleus to a great story and a great film here. And I, I weep at the idea that, you know, there wasn't someone to rein Lucas in. He was just allowed to to go a bit nuts, and and this is kind of what we got, and it it's a little bit of a mess, and and I think he just needed that control, you know, and and it could have been so much more, but I do think, I mean, this this had a bigger impact beyond just the movie itself, you know. If you look at the CGI, I mean, I have to say, I think I think the CGI has aged quite badly, you know. If you watch the original trilogy not with the CGI bits on top, but the original <laughs> trilogy, it still holds up, you know, and it's not that kind of Star Trek universe where everything is clean and there's straight edges on everything. Everything's well-worn and, and looks gritty and it's got a real weight to it. You know, the the effects aren't perfect, but they, you know, they it's more odd when when it's not perfect but most of the time it, it stands up pretty well whereas certainly the battle in this scene it, you know it, i think the cgi just looks like a, a a demo you know from from years ago it's it's aged quite badly but yeah i i still enjoy the movie because it's star wars so i'm going to enjoy it but and, and there are individual moments that are really good in it i just wish there were more of those or or those were concentrated in the runtime and, and you know some of the other bits were were kind of edited out 
Mm. It could do with a good editing. I agree. Um, what about you then, Math? Your kind of general vibe of this? Well, still, there's still a couple of things I want to delve into specifically, but your general feeling and thought of Phantom Menace as a whole, how did you, how did you find it? I know you touched upon it earlier. Yeah, I, I think, I think the issue is, there's like four sections to the film and they've just tried to mash them together and they don't quite seem to flow. You know, you've got the Queen and the Naboo side. You've got Anakin and the pod racing. You've got the Federation. And then you've also got Darth Maul and, and um, Palpatine. It, they just don't seem to fit. It, a bit of editing, a bit more kind of, I don't know. I wouldn't say split it into two films, because I don't know if I could sit with two films. I did enjoy it. <laughs> I did enjoy it. But the way I, you said that. <laughs> I don't think I could deal with two of these. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, having said that, I suppose if you split it into two films, then maybe there'd be one of the films I wouldn't watch. It, it, <laughs> it just feels like, though I did enjoy it, it, it didn't flow. You know, the pace was just off. It just, it seemed to flip from one scene to another scene and it, you didn't feel fulfilled with it. You know, it was very clever to do dual updates at the end because you walk away thinking, that's fucking amazing. I love that. But the rest of the film, I mean, you know, you and I like him. I didn't mind him. Um, I know, you know, he, he does come into some hate, but he's a young kid. He acts like a young kid. You know, he's very brash. He's very kind of, oh, yeah, I can win these races. And then as you go along, you find out, well, you haven't even actually finished the race yet. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bravado there that he builds up. And I know there's an issue with the, is it Metachlorians? Mm-hmm. And that people don't like that, you know. It's because it's the only time it's ever mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's one of those things He's got where... 10 million Metachlorian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have two. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it, it's the same as, I mean, I think... I think that side he was trying to go a bit more down the Jesus kind of because you know the oh yes know, he's and I think he obviously realised this was a bad idea and they just backed away from it and don't mention any of this you know force and the well obviously the force is mentioned but you know that that kind of side of it the, I mean before this was the talks of the Jedi as the religion before this or did this kind of spout the whole religion side. Yeah, so it was uh, the famous line that Dave loves to quote is uh, in A New Hope when I think it's Admiral Motti says to Vader, um, you and your ancient religion. Because in the original trilogy, I think before um, the third one, it was no Sith. It was Dark Mm. Jedi. So it was Vader was known as a Dark Jedi and so was Palpatine kind of. Um, But it was was just Jedi and Dark Jedi. It's always been a religion. It's, but in the in the original trilogy, it was more so you're essentially magic. You're essentially wizards, but to use the magic, you kind of have to believe in it in a sense. And then as more content came out, Edge the Empire, those sort of things, where it kind of opened up a bit more of the kind of the power of the Force, and then what, what Yoda kind of said a bit more. If you see what I'm saying, yeah, it, it, it's just it, I don't know. I, I I just feel that, like Dave said, there's a core that that there is a good film in there. Just maybe Lucas cocked it up. 
think he, I think he just tried. I think he put all his eggs in one basket, and it, it just it, it didn't quite work out. Um, I myself, I still prefer the originals. You know, yeah. episode four, five, six, and that that's what I grew up watching. Though, so I kind of have that part of me. I enjoy this a lot more than what I remember. Hmm. I don't, I don't remember Taco Clones to be fair. So <laughs> going to watch this next, gonna get a converter. Is, yeah, well, possibly. Um, but you see, I do remember Revenge of the Sith uh, mainly for the the kind of the final bit, the fight on is it Mustafa? Mustafa, yes. yeah. Um, which is funny because I, I I rewatched that that fight again. Um, when we get into the duel of fates, I I'm gonna pick it certain things there because that really pisses me off. Um the the fighting is amazing. The choreography with all the lightsabers is fantastic but there's some few issues there. Uh, but yeah it, I as a film itself, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There is a core good film there. Um I think it just maybe no one would ever go back now and re edit it, but maybe if, if someone did, they could probably make a better film now. You know what? I think I think you might be onto something with splitting the movie into two. Because whenever I get to the pod racing bit, I always think this is like the finale. So <laughs> you know, you're going to get to the end of the pod race. He's won the pod race, and yay! You know, present him with a medal or something, and we, we've got the credits. End movie, and then you go into the next movie. I, I think. Obviously, you'd have to stretch it out because it's about at the hour mark when the the pod racing wraps up. But yeah, again, I, I just feel like there's just too much in there. So yeah, probably splitting it up into two would have made it better. Or make it longer. That's what I think. Make an extended edition. Let's get Peter or Jackson involved. Make it into a <laughs> four-hour-long... No series. I don't like series as much. Four-hour-long cut of Revenge oh, of Phantom Menace. Turns out the pod not. race was 30 laps, boys. Here we make go. Make it black and white. Yeah. It's like Formula One. Just don't all you. Sunday afternoon, you're going to be watching pod racing. You don't just see Aura sing for a split second. This time you get to watch her get whole life story up to that point. Every character, you get a whole backstory. Um... But I would like to see a four-hour cut of Revenge of the Sith, but we'll get there eventually. Um, but that Revenge of the Sith is going to be a weird one because we're going to have to chronologically watch it after Clone Wars, but mm. it is my favourite Star Wars film. But before we delve into that, I want to ask Megan, because I forgot when I asked you about how you feel about this film, with the trilogies, because mm. I know the answer from these two, which is, if you could only watch one Star Wars trilogy, oh, God. which of the three would it be? Uh, I don't know. Okay. There is only one right answer, of course. <laughs> so there's just there's elements that I would miss because I I like I've suffer, I can't stand the Attack of the Clones. I really I really can't stand it. <laughs> like, and I, I've said this so many times, and I know that I want to say Hugh Jackman, and I know that that's not his name. <laughs> oh my god, my brain. What? Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Jesus Christ. Right. Um. I know that Ewan McGregor is a good actor because I love Ewan McGregor. I think he's a fantastic actor, but I think in Attack of the Clones, he is shit. Um, and everyone is shit. <laughs> so, um, is R- R2's in that film? He's not shit because he's never shit. R2's the best, but <laughs> I th- probably the original. Real- yeah. Realistically, probably the original. I think I'd be sad because I love Ewoks, even though everyone hates on them. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, 
I Return the Jedi's favorite movie. I love the Ewoks. Return the Jedi's your favorite movie, isn't it? Is that episode six? Yeah, Megan knows the episode. I, I know better. I know the episodes by rather than the names. I do really like episode three. Yeah. Um, but I prefer episode three as the extended version that you and I have watched. Yeah. Because it gives more to the story. Mm, which I won't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like the weird extended one. No, no just no. the one with the extra scenes, the uh, deleted scenes. Yeah, one. but that also has parts. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Um. Yeah, it would it would probably be the originals, I suppose. But I think I prefer more of the characters in the prequels. Mm-hmm. But I think the original films have a better plot and story. And do you prefer the sequels, the prequels to the sequels? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I only really like Force Awakens. I, I think it's an unfair question to ask that sometimes because, in theory, without the originals, you you wouldn't have the yeah. others anyway. Oh no, of course. But, but it also but would the, depend on my mood. Yeah. With with the originals, <laughs> the prequels kind of tie into that. So it, it it's one of those awkward things of, you know, if you just watch the the episode one, two, three, and then that was it, you'd feel there should be more. Yeah. Whereas you can watch episode four, five, six, and it finishes and think, yep, that's fine. We don't need any more. Mm. I also um, think it depends on the order in which you watch them because some mm. people watch them in chronological order of like actual events, whereas some people watch them in order of release date. So mm. when we watch them to, like all together, so when I first met Mike, <laughs> when, <laughs> when many I, years ago, when I first met Mike, I had seen episodes four, five, six, one, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi. <laughs> Not Force Awakens. <laughs> so I hadn't seen The Force Awakens. So when I watched The Last Jedi, I was really fucking confused. Um, but when we watched them together, we watched them in chronological order of events. So we went one, two, three, four, five, six, and then mm. seven, eight, and then we saw the ninth one at the cinema. Yeah. Um, but I know other people that have watched four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, because they've watched it out of release. Yeah. I find release is dodgy because when you get Rogue One and Solar Territory, you watch four, five, mm. six, one, two, three, seven, Rogue One, eight, Solo, nine. And it's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Should be one, two, three, uh, Solo, Rogue One, four, five, six. And then you can watch the sequels if you fancy. Uh, but yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that because I, I know that these two obviously said about their enjoyment of the original trilogy. But with with the Phantom Menace, we've right, we've explained some of the things we don't like about it, obviously, because there are a lot, and it is definitely a flawed film. As I said, it's my least favorite of the the prequels, and I think it's probably it's probably the worst Star Wars film. I'd say as as a as a film, some people are going to say Attack of the Clones, yeah, which last, is fine, and other people are going to say some of the sequels. You think Last Jedi is worse? Last okay. Jedi is worse, which is fair. But I think that Fucking the fact voodoo. Well, I think the last Jedi is phenomenal. Yeah. We've we've been through this. I lost at you comics on trial, which is devastating and rigged. Um, but <laughs> it was how's about Rise of Skywalker? It. Um, but I think that as a, I do think this is the weakest film. If you just watch it kind of critically as a film, as a Star Wars film, it's harder. But I just think that the way certain elements and certain choices were made, it's kind of, you know, the Disney films are flawed heavily, but. At, as they're made as films they're actually very well made it's just the writing is kind of the issue here but i think these have the opposite problem which is the writing is the problem (laughs) the script itself is so hard to get around with the prequels even in my baby revenge of the sith it's one of those issues but let's focus on the positive so has there been anything said so far megan that you haven't that we haven't mentioned i know you just spoke a lot about originals and sequels and etc but what do you love about phantom menace i like the music in it 
Yeah. I think the music's Do you like the pod racing? Do you like the people? I like the pod racing. Warwick Davis. Well, I love Warwick Davis. We saw Warwick Davis in the background at the pod racing. That was cool. Yeah. Um, It was at the pod racing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bunta Eve pod race. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I I like the pod racing. I always have liked the pod racing. I think it's fun. But again, like that is nostalgia for me because Mm. it takes me back to when I was younger and my brother playing it and seeing it on TV and all of that jazz. Mm. Um, I like Maul when you see him, but he's barely in it. So like when you guys are saying about making two movies, that would be cool because you could delve more into the Maul stuff, Darth Maul. But like it is, there's just not enough of him. And <laughs> it's really disappointing because the like, f- the makeup as well is phenomenal for, there's for Darth two Maul. two parts of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so we'll go to um, we'll go to Math next then. So Math, what are your s- certain favourite things? And if you touch on Jewel of Fate, we'll get to the criticisms of that in a sec. But but like, what are the things, the positives you had of Phantom um, Menace? Then we'll go to Dave. I, I found it quite amusing. Um, there's there's a bit with the pod racing where the Tuscan Raiders shoot and hit Anakin's <laughs> pod racer. And I said to myself, you're going to regret that later. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. You remember that um, bit then, Attack of the Clones? <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's, I, I did. I really enjoyed the pod race. I, I also enjoyed the pod race and I'd completely forgotten the fact that Anakin had never finished a race, so he'd never won anything. And the fact that, I mean, it, it built the pod race himself, the pod race himself, which was, you know, actually, I enjoyed R2, sorry, go back to this. I enjoyed R2D2, the mid R2D2 a bit of a, he saved the day kind of thing. Mm. I like that. But then they kind of, Crowbar C3PO in there. And I I get it that yes, Anakin created him and that and they had to kind of show that, but it just didn't feel I think maybe he should have done it further down the line. If at all. Because in it, the original trilogy he's never mentioned he's Vader's droid. He's just happens to fall into Luke's hands. Vader isn't Anakin. They're two different people, man. <laughs> God, do you even know Star Wars? <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed R2D2. I enjoyed the pod racing. Um, and that it, you could, you know, afterwards, I remember playing the game as well with my friends, and that it, it was good to kind of go back and do that. Um, they've actually re released it on the Xbox as well, so if anyone's got that, you can go and watch it. But, it, it was nice that they did little nods. It's just to say, C-3PO, I was a bit, mm, a bit unsure whether that... But that's the problem, is that they always do that with 3PO and R2-D2. They whack them in everything because of Ahsoka. that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They literally do it in every, like, in more or less every single Star Wars film or TV series that they can. Yes, so is the 3PO and R2-D2 are always featured. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because I know that that's one of... Is it Scott? One of, one of Scott's gripes, isn't it? That he, they always bring back. <laughs> yeah, Scott's two big gripes of this. As a shout out, because uh, the reason I did my Star Wars Comics and Canon podcast is because of Dave and me, Dave, Chris, and Scott. We watched all, as Dave said at the start, we all watched the Star Wars films and stuff. And one of the criticisms Scott had was that, but also he says the problem with some of the prequels is they have, to, they seem like they have to explain a lot of things to lead up to the original trilogy. But his big issue with Solo was every conceivable character trait you have of Solo is in Solo. You get his blaster, you get his coat, you get his relationship with Lando, his relationship, <laughs> his name, his relationship with Chewie, where he's from, his dad, the Millennium Falcon, like the, they even mentioned Jabba's like going to Tatooine at the end. So it's like every single thing you've ever heard 
about Han Solo from the original trilogy is in Solo Star Wars story. Every single thing. The dice as well. Um, so that's kind of the issue in, in a sense. So I get what Math is saying with the 3PO thing. I've always been like, why make him, why make Anakin make 3PO? Why can't he just have 3PO and he's repaired him? Like they've kind of semi retconned it in comics to kind of be like, oh, he remembers before Anakin because he had a memory core. Anakin <laughs> didn't create the memory core from nothing. So 3PO seemingly had a degree of a life before, but in a different form, maybe? How was he built? But it's, so why did he have to create him? Why couldn't it just be, oh, I found him, his memory was wiped, and I fixed him up? But no, it's, I created him. And it's like, or he got him from the Jawas. Maybe. But it's like, what well, again, why does 3PO, he feels shouldered in? Why can you save 3PO for Attack of the Clones? That'd have been a cool thing. It'd have been you know? awesome if it had been triple zero instead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are so many other, like, um, C3PO type droids out mm. there, aren't there? Yeah. So it's basically like he's, he got him from Ikea, you know, but, but the wording is that he created him, isn't it? Now yeah. you don't get out your flat pack furniture and say, <laughs> I created this, <laughs> this wardrobe here with my bare hands and I'm lots pretty of sure swearing. you see other protocol droids in the Phantom Menace. In the first yeah. scene. We see, we see protocol there's, droids there's at the a start. There's yeah. a silver. Yeah. And also, uh, building off Dave's point, is what's funny is he... Anakin doesn't know six billion, six million forms of communication. He, he had it on yeah, a, chip. he yeah. had a, like a basically a USB stick of of thing. Well, so, we know he at least speaks two because he speaks Hutties. True, but <laughs> Dave, what are your what are your highlights of Phantom Menace? Oh my word, I've still got a load in in the back pocket for yeah. uh, <laughs> other things. But we're going to unleash in a moment. I mean, I I I think just being in the Star Wars universe, the nostalgia of it. So just. The, the love I have for the original trilogy, just being back in that same universe or the same galaxy, rather, uh, you know, it, I, I do enjoy it, despite being a moaning bastard and, and criticizing <laughs> everything. Um, I think the, the mall character, yeah, he's on for, for what did he say, four minutes. I mean, woefully underused, but you could say that about Boba Fett, you know, he, he was hardly there and he created this mystique. I'm sure he's all. Lucas sold loads of toys, which was the real end game, you know. <laughs> so I, I just think that that was uh, that could have been better. And I, I, I'm trying to think back. I can't remember why, but I somehow knew of Ray Park before he was cast in that in that role because he did he did um, X Men the year after. But yeah. it, him as a martial artist, you know, was just phenomenal. And this was Jedi fighting on a level that we didn't see in the original trilogy. You know, you had Darth um, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fighting, but like it was Kendo or something. Mm. It's all very stilted and very... Whereas this, like, he was doing spins and flips and everything, and it just looked amazing. And, and to that backdrop of Duel of the Fates, it is just... Uh, uh, just fantastic. So for me, that that is the highlight. I think the pod racing is iconic, but I can't say I love it. You know, it it goes on for so long. <laughs> um, and I, I just like you know, Anakin's like a slave, right? How does he have all this shit? He literally build a fucking pod racer. You know, not to mention that his mum can put on this massive spread because he's got all these 
people who just turn up for dinner. <laughs> That's right. Come into my five bedroom house and I'll uh, I'll just rustle something up. But anyways, oh, sorry, I'm trying to stay positive, aren't I? So yeah, um, music, uh, living in the universe, uh, the 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 fight between Darth Maul and and the action scenes and choreography. Will mention Darth Maul does have the high ground. Uh, mm. Still, every time I see that moment, I'm like, what the fuck was Maul doing? He's like, literally, he's watching <laughs> Obi-Wan. And he's like, oh, what are you doing there? You know, if you, 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 I used to coach kids at football and stuff. And you say, don't watch the ball. Stop ball watching. Because what they do is they kick the ball and they go, um, yeah, that was a good pass that. No, no, pass the ball and move, like Darth Maul, idiot. <laughs> also, why Obi Wan? One thing that frustrates me about it is when Obi Wan jumps up, he goes over Darth Maul yeah. to the other side of him, exactly, and then, you go. and then slashes him. And it's like, why couldn't yeah. it have been as he goes up? So it's the, yeah, yeah, pulls himself up, grabs the saber, slice up like that as he goes up, and then lands. Yeah. Because then you can't put him together as easy, you know, if you straight down the middle that way. <laughs> I mean. We're going to forget the fact that Qui-Gon gets one stab through the chest and that's it. He's, he's done for. Yeah, Whereas, it's his spine and his <laughs> yeah. heart and everything important and he yeah, can never see Ma- it. Maul gets split in half, falls down a shaft. It but, comes back. But, <laughs> it comes <laughs> like a decade later. I don't, well, we don't know. Stay positive, guys. Stay positive. Well, you know he does because he's in Solo <laughs> yeah, and Rebels. So he comes back at some point. Oh, thank God. I'm glad someone said it because I was like saying Darth Maul and not trying to say a spoiler, but okay, so you're aware. Okay, awesome. <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> the ins and outs of Maul's story. Because I, I was just there like, I don't know why I'm allowed to say it because I know that he dies, but I know that he's also not dead. <laughs> well, Math, so, see, Math did the podcast with us when we were talking about finishing... Rebels yeah, and watching I forget Ahsoka. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that Lucas. Um, okay, people are clearly chomping at the bit. They're, they're bursting from the seams to get some of this this more negativity out. We've sprinkled in some niceness now. Dave, what's going on with you, bro? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Right. I loved slash love. It's kind of past present. The Jedi. They're just the the good guys. They're amazing. And I'm watching this again with with kind of fresh eyes, knowing that we're going to come on and chat about it. And I'm like, you know what? The Jedi are fucking arseholes. The lot of them. <laughs> Just yep. utter arseholes. And it, the arrogance of it. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn, he starts off, you know, he's almost one of the first things he says. And he's like, these Federation types are cowards. The negotiations will be short. And I'm like, that's a bit like a bullying tactic, isn't it? And basically, they're just the Republic muscle. That That's what they've become. They, they're just the, the hired hand, the hired muscle to go in and strong arm the Federation. And I'm like, what a fucking arsehole you are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that's I think, why it's their downfall. Yeah. No, so, so I get that, you know, that, that, that. But going from that unconditional love to, okay, so you guys are asleep at the wheel. And you were a bunch of arseholes. That's kind of why you were you were outdone, kind of thing. I think the the Medichlorians we, we mentioned before, but before I forget, I think that just that, that was a massive screw up because for me, as well as being you know the light versus the dark, the goodies versus the baddies, this this binary Star Wars universe that we occupy, I, th- I think it just makes everything so simple. But it's the industrialized empires, machinery, 
versus the the more kind of earthy naturist kind of um jedi and, and the rebels and stuff that that's what that's another contrast and the medichlorians oversteps the mark into science more so than just the the earthy and the religion and and just belief system and whatever and, and uh, you know it's proven by the fact that it's never appeared again but you know to try and explain it and i felt like the the fact that he's this immaculate conception as well was just a bit too on the nose yeah it's just it it does it makes me sort of cringe and i'm like oh no i just had no idea you just uh, you know can you imagine someone said that today (laughs) all right yeah good one (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so, but I, I, and I feel like it's a product of the way the film was made. I, I didn't realize, but it was shot in something like 13 weeks, which seems ridiculously short for a, a movie of this magnitude. It's three and a bit months, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't seem long at all. And the thing is, because you're working with this new technology, you know, CGI had been around, but I mean, trust me, we've, we've watched them on the VHS and, and there's some shocking CGI attempts in the, the mid to late 90s. But the fact that you, you've got mostly a blue screen and all the actors are acting to this blue screen, you know, they're not immersed in the environment. They're not really soaking up where they should be and, and channeling that. I just think Liam Neeson and, and Ewan McGregor, they, they seem like they're half asleep for the whole movie. I, I do not think the acting is is very good at all. I, I think it's really, really poor acting. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn, I kind of retrospectively like him as a character. But when I came back to watch the movie, I'm like, guy, are you just dialing it in or, or what? He's just so low-key, not interested. And so, yeah, there we go. I'll, I'll have a nap now. And, and I personally quiet. disagree because I love Qui-Gon uh, and I love Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. But I kind of, the thing is of me is because I'm young and I, that may sound like a dick move, because I'm young, guys, old fogies here. And because I grew up with the prequels, for me, it's the way they act, even the way that old Yui acts in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> he, well, first name basis, that's what I call him. Um, because of the way some of the acting is, including Hayden Christensen. And again, I blame George Lucas primarily for it. And Attack of the Clones, they had to re-record all the audio for the entire film, which does explain quite a lot. Um, but with those things, I just, the way I've rationalized it, and it's a cheat, and this is an unbeatable argument, which is why I love Star Wars so much, is that for me, that's just how the characters are in the scene. I don't view it as a bad acting because I've got the lore of the characters. I'm like, wow, Qui-Gon seems quite tired and exhausted. Like he's not really enthusiastic anymore. Maybe that's because he's annoyed by all the council and stuff. Oh, man. You know, uh, Obi-Wan is acting really... He's not showing his emotion very much. He's not... You know, Ewan McGregor's not showing off his acting chops. Well, in Attack of the Clones, he's probably exhausted from having to deal with Anakin for the last 10 years. Like, and that's a cheat. I put my hands up and say that's... Because you could say that for every film ever made. You could say every film that has bad acting in, that's just the character's, you know, point. But that's how I've kind of... I think because I watched it when I was young and didn't really get what, what acting really was... And then I'm just like, yeah, that's the character. And then as I've gone older, I was like, oh, those people are in other things. They're, they're, mm. Qui-Gon isn't real, <laughs> nor is Obi-Wan. <laughs> they're actors. So, like, you know, I think that's going to help me a bit. What about you, Megan, before we get into math? Because I do want to hear about Jewel of Fates. What are your least favourite things of Phantom Menace? I don't know, all the politics. 
the politics of the, the small plot. festival. I don't like the plot. Hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I don't like really. I don't like the politic, the political stuff. I just find it unnecessary and confusing. It doesn't really add anything per se. Like, it just kind of is just a plot device to get people to certain places so that they can meet. Hmm. I just find it quite confusing. Hmm. Yeah. You'd have, um, like the only reason that they end up on Tatooine is because it's not controlled by the Trade Federation. Yeah, because no it's there. because it's the the huts. That's well. I was going to ask um, with uh, with the Phantom Menace and um, the negative parts. Do you think Obi Wan in this is bad I as don't, an actor? Are you, um, no, not overly. I think he's he is bad in the second one. Yeah. Um, I just think it's that he's like a padawan and he's learning and he's not really found like his groove okay yeah he's got his beard that's the real he hasn't got his beard. looks weird <laughs> Obi-Wan without a beard is not something i like not a fan okay. yeah he just kind of seems like a teacher's pet really in this film like even when he's like talking about the midichlorians he's like not even master yoda has a count that high i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well done. Who's sure been studying? I mean, you, you don't like the midichlorian stuff either, do you? I, I don't dislike it. I just think it's irrelevant. Like, if, they're, <laughs> if they're not going to bring it up at any other point, what's the point of mentioning it? Like, yeah, it is. It's just re- it's redundant. They should have just tested his blood and said, "Oh, it appears that you would like judging by your blood work. It seems like you've got you know the the potential." I don't. Like, I don't we, even think that though. It just feels it, even if Qui Gon just kind of went. It feels something about this boy feels that's different. That's it. Well, yeah, because that, that, that's him using better. the force. Mm. Like, yeah. that's the whole point. I think, I, I can't remember, I think Dave said it. Yeah. But it was just like, the whole point of the force is that it's all around us. Everyone can access it. Everyone can harness it as long as they have the intuition to do so. Like, some people are more prone to being able to harness the force. So the fact that you've got a midichlorian count that is a, a quantifiable thing but the force isn't quantifiable. Like you can't count the force. It, it doesn't work that way. So the fact that they've then tried to make it like that is silly because it's more of a, well, it's like you said, it's, it's not a scientific thing. It's more of a, it's like a holistic thing, isn't it? The force, like it's, spiritual it's what you're almost. spiritual. It's what you mm. feel that doesn't link exactly to science. So the fact that they're then like, yeah, yeah. Eight billion. Eight billion midichlorian is loads. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything in comparison to what? (laughs) The thing is, if if I was going to go into church on Sunday and said, do you know what? I've got a high faith count now. So therefore, (laughs) I must be something special. Well, not even Jesus has a high count like that. (laughs) Father Jay would probably slap me and say, shut up and sit back down. Uh, But it it, it is, I mean, I'm going to say, because this is part of the film that frustrated me because then they go see the Jedi Council and they're discussing they do tests with him and then Yoda does his big thing oh you're scared I'm not going to do his voice uh, they turn him away now obviously he's high with the force and they, you know they, they've kind of drove that to us why would you send someone who as has been said by Qui-Gon that he could be the one who brings balance to the force. He could be the one. Why would you send him away? Why wouldn't you take him you, in? Have you not seen the of the Sith? Because Yoda has bad juju vibes. Yeah, but even if you think he's got bad juju, <laughs> then, you know, bad Jar Jar. Um, 
wouldn't you want to bring him in and kind of keep an eye on him and keep well, a lid on him? Especially with Sith running thing. around. Just said yeah. there's a Sith running around. There's always two of them. This could be the Master or the Apprentice. Let's leave this young slave boy. <laughs> Let's put him back on Tatooine. Yeah, but then arguably, right, arguably, he... If he, he lives on Tatooine, okay, the only reason people keep going back to Tatooine is because it all starts with Tatooine. Like, that's that's literally the only reason. Otherwise, it's just a little desert planet in it. Like, um, but, yeah, like, if he'd been sent away, he there's realistically, the chances of him actually being able to get out of being a slave himself are incredibly slim. I mean, at that point, he already was. That's how he got the No, 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 no. I know, well, but what I'm saying is, is if, like... That had never happened. Yeah. The likelihood of him even, like, understanding what the Force is Yeah, but from, from the point of being put in front of the Council, I think the argument is... Because yeah. I'm in two minds. Because I'm like, personally, if I was in that position, I'd be like, yeah, I want to bring this kid in. We need some special training. Because also he's it, older. Well, also, because he? he's got such a high... It's like, okay, he has the potential to be stronger. He's got such a high midichlorian count. Yeah, he has the potential to be stronger than Master Yoda. Okay, should we just leave him to be a slave on a place like Tatooine where we know bad things are going to happen yeah. to him? Yeah. What, what, we can what have, happens like, a force if he starts Take him to the then... hunt building into his force and that oh yeah there's a female um jabber as well and that um she was in the background um but uh, there was another hut yeah the you send him back there and yeah what happens if the huts get out of him and then he's able to start moving things around and then you know as he gets older the force is going to come to him in one way or another Mm -hmm. what happens if palpatine kind of builds a giant like you know like a metal detector but it's a metachlorine detector and just goes around all the planets and finds him that's canon it, 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 <laughs> that's like that machine in x-men no the brain machine sorry yeah but that's the thing if if the jedi are aware that there is the one that brings balance to the force this one I'm sure Palpatine is aware of this as well. I'm sure he sent feelers out there at some point. No. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but aren't there... Sorry, this face is because I've thought of something, um, not because I'm disagreeing. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree right. with you. No, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah, because there's, there's, there, there are lists that have... There, there is a list. It's in the... I can't. I think it's in the. It's over in the Clone Wars movie, or it's the first season of the Clone Wars. I think it's the first season. There's essentially a list of Force sensitive children. Mm-hmm. It's, mm. on, it's on a Kyber crystal. It's on a Data crystal. In fact, it's in Jedi. I thought it was on a Holocron. It's it, sorry. It's it in uh, Jedi Fallen. Yeah, yeah Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Yeah. It's on the crystal. In the Clone Wars, it's a Holocron. Sorry, yeah. Um, and inside of the Holocron, I think, is the Data crystal. But it's essentially yeah, it's a list of Force sensitive children. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine. One of the plot lines of Clone Wars is the mysterious Sith. Darth Sidious, whoever he might be, <laughs> is trying to get the holocron. Like that's that's the only reason I brought it up because then surely Anakin would already be on that list. No, they haven't gone to Tatooine to check. It's essentially it, it's basically going to. Oh, so do they go to the planets and then write the list onto the holocron? It's always been a bit not explained very much or very well, but in essence, you get. I'm people... imagining it like Santa's like naughty list. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like someone's naughty and then it just appears. <laughs> it's essentially. I think what happens is when people who are known to be force sensitive have kids, or when certain places have a high propensity of young kids, Jedi go out into the world before the prequels. They used to do this a lot more. They go out into the world and they would just meet with families and you know, do humanitarian efforts. And along the way. If there were any children or babies they'd come into contact with that had some sort of force capabilities, no, they would not seal them. <laughs> they would ask the parents' permission, and if it was okay, they would then take them away and they'd never be seen them again. Um, but, <laughs> you know, they did... It was a choice. It, it was that. And is the Tales of the Jedi episode that shows 
<clears throat> a little bit about that. And Clone Wars again. Clone Wars does touch a lot about how what it's like being a Padawan and a youngling in the Jedi Temple and finding force sensitive children. There's whole plot lines about those things. But how the Jedi know is, is never really explained. Mm. We don't know if Yoda's got his own little cerebro. It's unlikely. It's probably that sassy librarian. Oh, Jocasta knew. That, so yeah, yeah. I was trying to try to remember what her name was, but <laughs> yes. again, for me, that is just an unnecessary wrinkle in the story. Like the fact that they reject him, and then for not for fairly weak reasons, they're like, "Oh yeah, so Qui Gon, it was his dying wish, you know, to to indoctrinate this boy that he's just met five minutes ago into the Jedi Academy." It, it was a nonsense. It should just been introduced to him. And then Yoda should have been like, mm, cloudy in the future, this youngling's future uh, destiny is, or something like that. Um, th- they could have handled it in a better way. They could have simplified it rather than, no, fuck him off. Oh, no, you know what? It's all right. Let- let's bring him in. For me, that created more problems. Do you but- also think, sorry, if, if, if again, he's got the potential to be this, this great Jedi, that someone like Yoda or Mace Windu would go, do you know what? We will take him. We will train him. We will show him the right ways mm. to be. And that, and if it it turns out that, no, he's not actually that, you know, you obviously got a dodgy bit of blood off him. It must have been in contact with somewhere else. You know, it, it, I, I just feel that it, it was, you know... <laughs> Constrained by the original trilogy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, that, the, that's, that's the, the problem, isn't it? The, the, the shackles are that you have to kind of write certain things in there to make it make sense. Mm. Because that's the problem as up- well is that is that Qui Gon Jinn died. Because obviously, Anakin was supposed to be Qui Gon's Padawan mm-hmm. because Qui Gon was more mature. He was the mature. One he was more. Was what's the word when you're like right for a job? More qualified, suited. Qualified, yeah, like yeah. for the role. Well, Qui-Gon was more like a dad to Anakin, whereas Obi-Wan was more like a brother. And that's where mm. the whole oh, issue... Anakin. Yeah, that's one of the issues with the Thank whole... <laughs> of the, <laughs> the prequels. But um, Matt, sorry, um, Dave, rather, you were saying we are, we're getting nearer the end, but I know we need to talk about Duel of Fates in a sec, but you were going to say something else there, uh, Dave. Um, uh, I can't remember, but I will bring up another point, which is, uh, <laughs> again, it's, it's Qui-Gon Jinn, and I, I know, you know, he's one of your favourites, but... You know what? I think he gives up on Smee's slavery a little bit fucking easily. You know, it's like, oh, well done. You you won the pod race. Well, you've got your freedom. What about my mum? No, not so fast. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, right? You you would be you would be questioning that, wouldn't you? So an an underprivileged family there or single mother young boy, some creepy old middle-aged bloke is like, I'm going to take your son. We'll tr- totally train him in Jedi Academy. It's like, hold on, pedo Jin. <laughs> in all fairness, Not she, sure about offers, she offers him to Qui-Gon. She's the one that kind of says, take him away. Want a better life for him. Yeah. Which, yeah but I'm just it, not... I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I, 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 you know, I would struggle to let any. Well, uh, <laughs> she's not got no. a bad life. I know technically she's a slave, but look at the pad. It's all right. <laughs> a little You're kid can build this massive pod racer. He's got a fucking C three PO machine that he's just built on his own. He's got all this stuff. 
My kids don't have as many toys as, as Anakin had. <laughs> <laughs> They're living like a TARDIS as well, because if you notice that it, yeah. it's like just a little doorway and then another doorway and another doorway. But, but then you go in and it's just it's a giant big old block. place, isn't it? Yeah. It's like grand designs. So, yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, the the it's clunky, isn't it? Where the way kind of, obviously, it's setting up the second one where, you know, Anakin feels separated from his mother. Part of these separation issues are going to be a, an ongoing thing for Anakin's personality. So I kind of get it, but it's like, I, I feel like the, the movie... Or, or the story is architected okay, mm-hmm. but it's so clunky to get from A to B, and, and that's yeah, where the Lucas broad strokes. Was, yeah, whereas that's the, the op- opposite thing with the sequel trilogy. Is the sequel trilogy was yeah. kind of like each film in itself, for the most part, was quite well done in the places, but then mm-hmm. you connect them together, and it's like here's the issues. Yeah, um, but yeah, we will have to start to wrap up. But math, jewel of fates. Generally considered the best, one of the best songs in Star Wars. Generally considered Duel of Fates uh, in Phantom Menace, one of the best scenes in Star Wars. So you got a problem, bud? Yes. <laughs> well, it's the higher ground thing. The, the, the yeah. several times when Obi jumps, Obi Wan jumps over um, Darth Maul, especially the bit when, like like Dave said before, Darth Maul's there, kind of flashing his lightsaber across. Because you know, yeah, I mean. Just force push him away, do something. I chop, that. chop his hands off. I mean, you know, there's plenty of hands that throw the lightsaber. You know, yeah, there's so much. He, he's, you know, but that's your typical villain of heart. I'll just twiddle my mustache a bit and I'll just show up. I'll probably read out my plans of, you know, what I'm going to do next. And it, it, why give him that opportunity? But then part of the thing is the higher ground. It's a big thing that gets made up. And then he. Maul has got the higher ground. And then all of a sudden he does this leap and he jumps over. Now, I can take it that he didn't expect it. So, it, it, you know, it, it caught him off balance. Well, yeah, it did catch him off what balance. What was he doing, though? Watching Netflix on his phone. I mean, he's literally <laughs> fucking there looking at it. He's got nothing else on his radar. What could be happening? Just... He's either going to go down or up. There's only two options. Well, yeah, but, I mean, what I would say about... We, we discussed before about Obi-Wan. You said he's more of a defensive kind of fighter. I think what Obi-Wan does, and he does very well, very quickly, and you see this in Rebels as well, he's one of these characters that he sees something, he learns, and he learns that mistake, and he learns not to do that again, to change his fighting style. You, you, you see that several times, you know, in this and also in Rebels, he changes the way he fights, and I'm sure probably in Clone Wars we'll, we'll probably see that as well. He uses different stances. He, he's, he's forever. Ch- he's a bit like a taskmaster, you know, that he sees something, so he has to kind of change the way around to be able to win the... You know, I, I think you've said before he's not the most skilled as offensive, but defensive-wise, he's that kind of one that can knows how to uh, to beat his opponent, you know, most of the time, I will say he's as much as I love him and do defend Obi Wan. He's very inconsistent. You watch him fight Dooku, and you're like, you get the floor wiped with you both times, might I add. But then you fight Anakin, who beat Dooku the second time, and you beat him. And it's because he like, had the high ground. He did have the high ground. It's, that's why <laughs> and he the knew eye it. of the tiger at that time. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's one of those... I like Phantom Menace as a film. It's not one of my favourites, and my big issue with it is if I'm trying to introduce someone to Star Wars who's never seen it before somehow, you have to choose between, in my opinion, the two films that are the hardest to get someone into, which is Episode 4 and Episode 1. I think Force Awakens, it's much easier... If you show someone who's never seen Star Wars before, or any film of that calibre, knows nothing about Star Wars, if you showed them each of those three films individually is a magic timeline you could choose one they'd probably enjoy force awakens the most because the easiest to get into whereas i think that phantom menace watching that first giving you that whole plot is much easier to follow but it's the worst film of them and then i think that star wars and new hope is brilliant but a partly and i just said not because of this but partly because everyone knows the plots of star wars and the death star and all that stuff so it immediately gets taken away but even it's also just been parodied in so much stuff hasn't it yeah but even then it is quite slow and i like it and if you show someone who likes film they will appreciate it it's like an indie movie in a lot of ways star wars very well made but it's not as exciting it doesn't grab you if you're trying to show like a kid a star wars movie you've got to show them phantom or force you a new hope is not going to grab a modern seven-year-old in the same way and that's an issue not that i'm showing loads of kids star wars films i'm more thinking when i have kids <laughs> just, you know just sneaking into schools which star wars films i'm gonna show these kids um, <laughs> now then um but, that, but that's i actually think you start with rogue one really mm, rogue yeah, one is yeah, the place yeah. to start I, I think as a complete movie i i think and it's basically a war movie isn't it and, and yeah. it's in the star wars universe I have tried and failed as much as I love Star Wars. All three of my kids do not like Star Wars. My youngest lad, he was literally in tears because I was taking him to Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> he was literally crying. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. You're coming with me. <laughs> he didn't want to go. He did enjoy it, to be fair. But, you know, none of them have got any ambition to go back and watch him again. And it is so difficult, like you say, to where actually do we we watch this i I was going to try and introduce them to uh revenge of the sith actually Mm. i'm I'm going to try that as a jumping on point next i'm going to try and cheat and when we have kids just show just watch star wars cartoons around them just clone wars young jedi adventures all that kind of stuff around clone wars movie and not make a big fuss about it yes (laughs) not make a big fuss no no no. and then they'll just they'll peripherally they'll be like interested what's what's daddy watching the problem with the clone wars movie right is that I know from our friends that have young children that they love to watch the same film over and over and over again. I would be so sad (laughs) if they chose the Clone Wars movie to be the film that they want to watch over and over and over and over again. No. That would I'm be not upsetting. bloody doing it. We're putting the risk. We're doing it. You're going to show them Harry Potter. And I've seen Philosopher's Stone yeah, more than any Star Wars Yeah, because my mission is for ever. them to like want to watch. I've literally got a Harry Potter the blanket. Th- <laughs> the thing is, Harry Potter is kind of this day and age is Star Wars, to be fair. You know, it, it, it's a generation thing. It, it, if you take someone who's, you know, born in this kind of, you know, to go watch a film that's 40 years old, they're going to find issues with it. They're going to, you know, even someone that's 20 years old, because it's not their generation. So, you know, Harry Potter is more their generation. So we're going to start going on to different things now. Star Wars, the sequel trilogy. Well, like Harry Potter. When did, so when did the first Harry Potter film came out? Ooh, it was 2004. It's close to the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. So. But all of the, the, the sequel trilogy that comes out now is just kind of harking back to the original stuff. It's just revamping it all. Oh, look, there's another Death Star. I mean that's what that's, <laughs> yeah. that is what, uh, but that's what it is a lot of the time. Um, but I will ask. So two thousand and one, two thousand one. Cool. 
So we'll start. We'll wrap up um, because well, we've been chatting at Phantom Menace for a long, long time, uh, and we could keep going on about this film. Um, but <laughs> Megan wants, Megan to, wants watch to watch Bake Off. Off. Um, so you know, blame her, <laughs> blame her. Um, but we will we'll be doing Attack of the Clones next. So uh, that's going to be a fun one. It's I'm going to be the the defender of Attack of the Clones because I bloody love that film. Mm. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm going to eat, a and pair I'm going to fight it. all of you to the death. Yeah, I'm going to eat a pair. I'm going to explain I, I, I to you. Like it. I'm going to talk you into liking it, and I'm going to talk at you until you agree with me. Because um, this conversation is not about discourse; it's about agreeing with me only. Uh, but speaking of that, final thoughts on Phantom Menace and then plugs as well. Um, we'll start with you, Megan. Because A, you have the least amount of plugs, and B, you're probably going to say the least amount about your final thing. So any final thoughts about Phantom Menace or your excitement for Attack of the Clones Not and me really. forcing you to watch the Clone Wars movie? Um, Phantom Menace was all right. Attack of the Clones, don't really care for it. Don't want to watch the fucking Clone Wars movie. But the Clone Wars series, though. Clone Wars series I'm looking forward to rewatching. yeah. But awesome. not the movie. Um. I don't... Yeah, Attack of the Clones. I think the last time I watched it, I liked it more than I remembered. Yeah. I think I build it up in my head that I really, 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 really don't like it. But I think it is better than I think it is. The Padme and Anakin There's just so much shit in it. There's so much fucking... You take out those scenes. There's so much bantha fodder. Am I right, guys? There are three (laughs) five-minute-long scenes that suck. And if you ignore them, the rest of the film is sick. And I won't have anyone else anyone in here telling me otherwise shut up um Uh, but yeah no (laughs) and where can Um, people find you yeah this was all right i'm excited to watch more star wars and where can people find you um grits gets fit instagram don't really post on there that much so (laughs) have a look at some of my old posts (laughs) (laughs) see watch her story see what i tag her in on there see what i decide to put on my story on the occasion that mike tags me in it and then he's like can you share it on your story and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I suppose. Or your loyal fans hearing. And just like this one, this will be shared on your story. Mm. Um, <laughs> Dave, final thoughts on Phantom Menace. Anything that has not yet been mentioned that you want to throw a couple of comments out there and then your plugs? Uh, probably haven't mentioned about Padme grooming Anakin, uh, oh, yeah. but we'll get onto right? that yeah. one as the next. That's a big, that's next a big movie. part of the next film. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Anakin. I'm not interested in you, but this push-up bra. Yeah, <laughs> this Around ridiculously <laughs> uncomfortable, like Carol corset. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely touch on that one. No, so like I say, I know I've been moaning about it. I know I've got lots and lots of nits to pick out of this movie, but at the end of the day, it's still a Star Wars movie. So I am still going to watch it multiple times before the end of my life. I'm sure. So, <laughs> so, uh, and I'll still every time I watch it, I'll be like, "Fucking Jar Jar Binks, fuck right off." But you love but, talking um, like him. In message, yeah. Me so Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so um, yeah, you can get me VHS Strikes Back. You can get me at uh, Chris and Dave's Reality TV Cast. Occasionally on Comics in Motion. Um, I, I pay, occasionally post on like X, but I, I don't promote that. Uh, I feel like Twitter, you know, which is now X, will slowly die off, but. Uh, but let's see. So yeah, I prefer to be uh, present on my online presence is mostly audio these days. So just listen to everything Dave does. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been listening to a lot more VHS tracks back recently, and I've been loving it. Actually, wait, when does this come out? Do you know? Uh, it'll kinda... be it'll probably be a couple of weeks. I've got a pod release for this week and next week, and then it's going to somewhat depend on if guests do or don't cancel. If I release this as a cheat on genuine chit chat and comics emotion, or if it's just comics, but it'll be. It'll probably be towards the end of October, I think. 
Okay. It's not starting November. So end of October. So if you're listening before the 25th, uh, we've got Jeepers Creepers coming out on the uh, VHS Strikes Back. If not, if it's after that, it's going to be training day. Um, and so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a good laugh with that one. Actually, no, it's quite a serious and quite a gritty movie. But <laughs> <laughs> Megan loves the term gritty, don't you? It's, it's because it's my surname. So whenever people say, it, I'm just like, <laughs> the nitty gritty is your favourite. Well, no, let's get down to the nitty gritty. I'm just like, okay. Don't worry. In a year's time, in, in a year's, year's time, time, I won't be a gritty anymore, but I still will be. Do you know what I mean? Gritty at heart. Um, I'm not murdering her. We're getting married. To clarify, um, <laughs> I'm going to become a Burton. Yeah, uh, Math. Final thoughts. Anything that has not been mentioned so far on that you want to mention about Phantom Menace? Uh, um, I, I think I think we kind of covered. Uh, the mostly the, the one thing would be the whole. When the Gungans and the droids were kind of facing off each other, I had that endgame kind of feel when, you know, Captain America's kind of stood there and all that everyone kind of joined it behind. Um, but no, I, I'm glad we've come back and watched I, You know, I'm glad you made me watch Rebels. Absolutely fantastic. I have tortured myself by watching Kane and Steph several times. It's so um, sad. It, it, it still gets me. Um, My boy. I think that I'm so fortunate that this has all kind of happened and we had Ahsoka, which Ahsoka wasn't fantastic. It was okay, but it wasn't fantastic. But my love for Star Wars has been really like, you know, I'm reading the comics, I'm really enjoying that. So, you know, I'm glad that I've kind of able to come back to this. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I've watched the film again. I don't remember Clone Wars really at all. so I, again, I know eventually it's because of the the final fight, but again, it's all kind of murky, and it's going to be good to go back and watch it because I don't think I've really watched them since they got released in the cinemas. I haven't watched I, them in a few months. No, that's about <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Almost every year. Almost every yeah. year we end up watching them. Star Wars and Harry Potter every single year. <laughs> but no, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that I've gone back to it. Um, I, I've I've come off X at the moment. Um, and that's so uh, I don't really have a online kind of thing. I have Facebook, but I use that more for work. So uh, I won't promote that. <laughs> um, I don't want random people asking me to deliver milk in the morning when they live somewhere in London. <laughs> that's his job. Know. He's not an obsessive yeah. milk deliverer, to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, also I've, I've had a bonus. I actually know. The next two films that are going to be on VH. I knew Jeepers Creepers were coming up. I didn't know what the next one was after that. Mm. Maybe I could try convince uh, people. In spoiler there. alert! Yeah. <laughs> see if I can try convince someone. See if I can bet them that I can guess what the next film will be after Jeepers Creepers. Is <laughs> <laughs> it for evil? You need power. <laughs> yeah, but no. As I say, thank you for you know bringing us on this journey with you guys. It's it's you know, and. <sighs> Each time it gets mentioned, Clones One uh, movie, <laughs> you've all kind of made me scared. But at the same point, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. I don't even remember it, and I all I remember is hate. The thing is, we're going to watch it. Matt's no, gonna but watch you it. mentioned Stinky. You remember Stinky? Yeah. I do. Stinky. I do. Yeah, I do remember. Stinky. And the janky, the janky animation. <laughs> See, the janky animation's good. I, well. I didn't. Going back into this, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and I have done. So, you know, the next next film and maybe even Clone Wars, maybe I will really enjoy it. 
I don't know. It's not as bad as we keep slating it. It's more for yeah. humour, but it is not a good film. It's better. It's it's worse than every every Styles film by right. by quite a lot. Um, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But is there anything you've been involved with recently apart from all my Star Wars orientated uh, content? I've been grabbing you, dragging you into. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think I've no? done all the. Um, I know I've got something coming up, but I think it might be more Christmas time. Okay. Well, yeah, um, we'll, we'll be doing this again uh, next month. Um, so in November, we'll watch Attack of the Clones and do that. And then the goal will try and be to watch Clone Wars movie and record before the end of the year. Yeah. And, have that I mean, out, and then we can start the new year off with uh, Clone Wars conversations. Yeah. I'll probably still keep trying to get myself on different people's podcasts, you know, convince them that they really need to be on there. Yeah, do it. <laughs> People love having you on their math. It's great. It's great fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, relatively everything. So friends, thank you so much for listening. As I said a moment ago to math, um, we are going to be doing this, yep, Attack of the Clones next month and hopefully the Clone Wars movie in December and then 2024, Year of Clone Wars Conversations. Megan may or not be involved in certain ones. She won't be involved <laughs> in all of them, I can tell you that much. Uh, but she'll be involved in s- maybe a couple. Um, but I'm going to try and push her to be involved in at least Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars movie. Definitely the Clone Wars movie. Definitely. That's not. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for permission. I'm going to force you to drink that cup of tea. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> force me to drink that. Yeah. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> force that cup of tea. No consent. Megan's in Clone Wars. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, friends. Tell us what you think of the prequels. Do you think they're misaligned? How do you think they compare to the other films? Are you excited for Math to go on this journey of the Clone Wars? Because I, I am. I'm very excited. The movie in itself, but I am excited for the series because it's, it's a, it's great. You it's like a wild Rebels. ride. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. But friends, thank you for listening as always. Like, subscribe, all that usual amazing stuff. Let us know. We'll speak to you very soon. And of course, may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.